Hello and welcome back to Basic Bible 102. Today is Lesson 17 and we are going to talk about Jesus and his relationship with the Gentiles. Um, I think I said last week that we only had five more lessons, but actually I was wrong. It's six more lessons. So uh, we do have this one and then next week we will talk about Jesus with and his relationship with women. So these are two groups that um, didn't always uh, have the support of the rest of the spiritual leadership. And so, you know, women in the temple were in the very far furthest out uh, courtyard. And the Gentiles and such weren't even allowed anywhere near the temple. So Jesus is, um, let's start with Matthew uh, five, and I'm going to read the first ten verses. So, because this is when and we alluded to it last week, Jesus sent out his disciples on a missionary trip, more or less. He's uh, starting with verse one. He called his disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles: first Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans, Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach the message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have been, uh, who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take away any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. So we see right from here that, that Jesus is more or less excluding the Gentiles and the Samaritans in his initial push to uh, share the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, now turn down to Luke 7. What we see here is Jesus interacting with a centurion, one of the Roman um, soldiers. Now, up until this point, let me kind of do a quick review of the Jews were the ones who were the uh, children of Abraham. If you remember in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, uh, Abraham, and then Isaac and Jacob. And then there's finally the uh, 12 tribes of Israel. And those are considered the Jews. They're the ones that God specifically called out for his, uh, to be his representative on the earth. Uh, during the time, which happened many, you know, quite a long time later, when the Israel nation was um, divided, and it was divided because it had basically a civil war, because uh, the people did not like Solomon's son, who was uh, scheduled to go and become the next king. And Solomon, if you remember, there was David, and then there was David's son Solomon, and then Solomon's son Rehoboam. Well, when Rehoboam was to take over leadership, the people were like, no, we don't agree with that. We don't think he's worth it. And so some of them picked another leader, Jeroboam. And so 
the nation split, and it split pretty much on north and south axis. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> it seems to be a common uh, situation. So the Jews who were in the south that were near Jerusalem, they all kept uh, to themselves and, and worshipped in, in the temple in Jerusalem, just as they had been instructed to by the Lord. The people on the north, because they didn't want to go down into um, the southern kingdom, of Judah, they they began to worship up in the hills. And because of that, they were known as Samaritans, that they really weren't worshiping the way they were supposed to, according to the Jews. All right, outside of those two groups of people, everybody else is considered a Gentile. They're not, you know, they weren't one of the original uh, born by birth into a Jewish family. And then outside of the Gentiles, even, there's a subset in this uh, region of the world in the um, Middle East that were called Canaanites. And the Canaanites were the people that originally lived in the land of Israel before the children of Israel came in and took over that, that land. Uh, and then what we're going to talk about today is the centurion. Uh, remember that Rome had come in after uh, the Greeks had come in and taken over this area, and then Rome came in and took it away from Greece. And you have uh, really, at this time, Rome, you know, pretty much ruled most of the known world. And so uh, there were certain uh, con uh, rulers who were put in place over different parts of the Roman Empire. Uh, and in addition, there were soldiers who more or less kept the peace. And so we're going to look down in Luke 7, starting with verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all this in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this. Uh, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. Okay, now remember, these are the Jewish leaders, the ones he's been preaching to and about. Um, and yet they're, uh, they believe in him enough to know he can heal, and they have a relationship with this centurion. What we don't know yet is what kind of a relationship the centurion has with God. You know, what does he believe? Um so Jesus was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at uh, him And turning to the crowd, uh, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found out the servant was well. All right, so Jesus did heal the uh, servant of the centurion um, because the man had great faith. And you will find that many times after there's a healing, uh, Jesus will say, your faith has made you whole, go and sin no more, whatever. But he's referring back to their faith. So we see that it is possible for non-Jews to have the same faith in the same God. Um, so do, do you think the, the centurion really, you know, believed that Jesus was the Son of God? 
And I would have to say that probably because he had faith that he could heal uh, his servant. And do you think he cared? Why do you think he cared about this particular servant? Um, And we don't really know, but we do know that it was a very faithful servant and that this centurion was very kind. He was kind towards the Jews. He helped them rebuild their temple. And so there was a lot of local respect for this centurion. And why do you think the centurion did not want Jesus to come to his house? I think he was well aware that Jews were not, did not associate with Gentiles, and they would be considered unclean if they went into the house of a Gentile. So he was being very respectful to Jesus as well. Now, if you did your homework lesson, which was in John 4, uh, this was a story of the Samaritan woman at the well. And Jesus is walking along, and he gets to this well and, and his, sends his disciples on into the city. And this this woman comes and draws some water from the well, and Jesus begins to talk to her. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about this next week, but the fact that this woman is a Samaritan already puts her one peg down from what anybody that Jesus, um, that the Jews would um, consider worthy of talking to the Son of God. Uh, We did cover this a little bit in Basic Bible 101 about the woman at the well and Jesus Uh, offering her living water and the change that came over this woman and how she went and told all of her uh, friends and neighbors about Jesus. So he definitely has an impact on her life and he cares enough about her to talk to her and to offer her uh, eternal life. Turn now to Matthew 15 Uh, verses 21 through 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Sidon, I guess. Not sure. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying after us. So this Canaanite woman, who not a Jew at all, a Gentile, and uh, just doesn't, she won't let Jesus alone. She's just, you know, come, you know, have mercy, basically. Uh, my daughter is suffering. She's in, she really wants to see her daughter freed of this, um, this demon that is uh, ruining her life. Now, at this point, Jesus is, Jesus is up in an area that's called uh, Tyre and, um, as I said a minute ago, Sidon, Sidon I guess which is on the Mediterranean Sea, and it's up north and west from Galilee. It's really not part of Israel. At the time, it was part of the Phoenicians. And so um, we, I think that he probably was taking a break from all that was going on in Israel and his popularity and all of that. And he's up there basically kind of regrouping with his disciples. And while he's there, of course, word gets out. And they know, people have heard, and they know that he's a healer. And so this this woman comes to him crying out. All right, let's continue on. Uh, He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. All right, as we said just a minute ago when he sent his disciples out, it was to the lost sheep of Israel. And Jesus, being a Jew, uh, loved the people that that God had uh, separated out for himself, his people. And Jesus was one of them. And so his his first priority was to the people of Israel, to the children of Israel. All right, let's see. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. 
He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Now, we would consider that a great offense, right? Uh, maybe not in every culture. But the, the Gentiles were well aware that the Jews wanted nothing to do with them. And yet here we have Gentiles that are pleading with him. And so uh, he replied, as we said, it's not right to give the, the dogs the bread that's for the the children. And he's referring to the children of Israel, of course. Um, but the woman who doesn't give up, she, she wants the Lord to heal her daughter. And she says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed that very hour. So once again, as we learned a few weeks ago about prayer, petitioning, not giving up, but also not having to feel like you have to be worthy for God to answer your prayer. But we see that she just had faith. She believed that Jesus could do this, and he did. So once again, he is crossing cultural barriers, barriers that his own people would be shocked that he is talking to uh, a Gentile, even you know, considering her request. Okay, so now let's turn back to John chapter 4, and we will see another example of Jesus interacting with Gentiles. The reason this is so important is because when Jesus dies on the cross and is resurrected and his disciples are uh, told that the Holy Spirit, they'll receive the Holy Spirit, and which we'll get into in the next module of Basic Bible 102, and they, they're uh, encouraged to go even to all nations, uh, to the Gentiles everywhere, to preach the gospel. So Jesus is opening the door for all nations in his um, discussions with uh, non-Jews. Uh, back in, in John 4, down in verse 46, we're going to see how he responds to one of the royal officials. Now, not only were there soldiers, but there were also the Roman rulers in this area uh, that were uh, part of the ruling class of Israel. And look down in verse 46. Once more he visited Canaan and Galilee. Remember, this is where he's from. Uh, it says, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judah, Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who has, was close to death. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, You may go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, The fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. And when the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus has said to him, Your son will live, so he and his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. All right, remember when Jesus started his ministry up there and nobody believed him? They didn't believe that this son of Joseph, who was just a carpenter, would be uh, a man of God and a uh, prophet, and let alone the, the Messiah. So Jesus was 
hesitant to really do anything more there because he accused the people of, unless I do signs and miracles, you're not going to believe. And we know that people will believe what they see with their eyes, but they don't necessarily believe in their heart. And so Jesus gives this royal official, he tries to give him the brush off, but the man won't go away easily. And he said, uh, sir, come down before my child dies. So he's pleading with Jesus, and Jesus said, you may go, your son will live. So he must have been quite a long ways from where Jesus was at the time because he starts heading home, and it's the next day before he finds out from his servants who meet him along the way that his son has been healed. So we see that Jesus did reach out to the Gentiles, and in each of these situations, he's evaluating the faith of the person who's making the request. And I think that's very important to note that even Gentiles believed in him. They they wanted to believe in him, even if they weren't Jews. Now, that's going to cause quite a stir in, in the early church when um, Jews uh, have to accept that the Gentiles are also believers, and they have to find ways to worship together when they worshiped very differently before that. Okay, so clearly we know that Jesus loved his own people, but he also loved everyone everywhere. Uh, his heart was to bring everybody back to the Lord. Uh, Matthew twenty three thirty seven, 37, uh, we hear Jesus saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. This very rejection of Jesus opened the door for everyone else to believe in Jesus because the Jews refused to accept that Jesus was the Messiah. Remember John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. All right, so from today's lesson, we can see we all are given the opportunity, not just Jews, all, everyone in the whole world is given the opportunity to believe in Jesus and to be saved. Uh, Jesus came first for the Jews. That was his primary um, hope that his own people would embrace the gospel, uh, but they did not. Uh, we see also that faith plays a part in our prayers. Remember, repetition and having the faith to believe that God can do what he says he can do. We've also seen from the Canaanite woman that she pleaded with the Lord and that crossing cultural barriers uh, helps people to understand that God is included ev for everyone in his plan to save the world. So that's why we see so many missionaries going to other countries, other cultures, to share the gospel, because it's not just something for Jews. It's not just something for Americans. It's, it's What we see is that the gospel came, Jesus came, for everyone. All right, so next week we're going to look at Jesus' relationship with women. We've already seen a few interactions, but we're going to see some more. And remember, um, just as the Gentiles were considered uh, pretty much the dogs, uh, we'll see that women were not much higher on the, the totem pole when, uh, when we look at um, how people what people thought of Jesus interacting with women and even considering what they say. So that will be next week. So if you want to prepare, you can read Matthew 8, Mark 1, Luke 4, Matthew 9, Mark 5, Luke 8, 7, 
and then John 8 and 11. Now that's rough. If you just want to read the specific verses, then go to the website and you can pull up what are the verses to study for next week. Uh, and if you're working on the student homework, which is great, your target passage is going to be the passage in John, uh, in John 11. All right, so once again, thank you for uh, staying tuned to Basic Bible 102 and for being faithful in um, considering the claims of Jesus and how he um, walked on the earth. Soon enough, we'll be looking at the long-term impact that Jesus had. But even now, we're seeing that the people are waking up to his uh, the fact that he's supernatural. And not just the Jews, but the Gentiles and everyone. All right, so as I always say, have a great week and be blessed. <music>